But then again, who asked me? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Who Asked Me podcast. My name is Zell. How is everyone? How is everyone? You know, Mercury is officially in fucking retrograde, and I felt that shit today. I'm not going to lie to you. I felt it. But nevertheless, we are here, and we are ready to record, all right? This is going to be our Bravo recap episode. Um, I'm not going to lie. I considered going ahead and starting Vanderpump Rules recaps because I'm late. Duh. But then I realized if I went ahead and recapped Vanderpump Rules, the premiere that happened today on this episode, I would already be off track. And I'm committed to staying on track, even though, again, I'm already late. Um, I also considered it because (laughs) what the fuck was Salt Lake City? Like, what the actual fuck was Salt Lake City? We'll get there because... I'm confusion. Um, before we dive into our recap, so Kaimanda is married. Kyle and Amanda from Summer House, they officially got married this past weekend. So happy for them. Amanda looked like a dream. So gorgeous. Kyle looked like Kyle. Okay. You know, I'm happy for them. I think they said it was like some 1100 days or something they'd been engaged. They got engaged pre-pandemic. And then I think they had to reschedule the wedding like three times or something. Nevertheless, um, they're married. So happy for them. It looked like the weekend that they had been wanting. Everybody was kind of a buzz because Paige and Craig posted a little photo together. And like, I'm like, guys, we know they're dating. They're so obviously fucking dating. I wish they would just, I mean, I don't really think they need to come out and say it because I know. Do y'all know? Because I know. But yes, the wedding was beautiful. It was kind of, you know, backyardish. I'm not really quite sure where they had it, but the theme of it did remind me that um, little Miss Hannah Burner, I thought she was supposed to have her little backyard wedding this past summer. Who knows? Who knows what the fuck is going on? You know, I have too been engaged for a fucking long time. Um, and I thought, you know, let's just have a long engagement because we don't know what's going on with the world. And now I'm like, why did we not just fucking elope or go to the courthouse? Because wedding planning is not my jam. I'm just going to go ahead and say it out loud. I'm going to admit it. Wedding planning, not my fucking jam. But that is something we actually might get into on my Patreon. Okay. Yes, I am creating a Patreon. Um, It's taking a little bit longer to get off the ground because I'm a one woman show. All right. I'm like a 1.5 woman show because as y'all know, I have my technology manager who is also my fiance, but for the most part, I'm a one woman show and I'm working on the different tiers for that Patreon. And one of them is wedding related. It's wedding bitching related because I really, really wish all of the goddamn articles that you see, like things that brides wish they would have done on their wedding day and, you know, things not to skip out on. Somebody needs to tell the fucking truth here. Okay. Tell the goddamn truth. Tell me how stressed out I'm going to be. Tell me how many times I'm actually going to start doing things for this wedding and then get pissed off at somebody close to me and be like, guess what? Don't talk to me about this shit for two more weeks. I want to see the honest truth. 
because right now I'm not seeing it. But you know what? We'll get there. We will get there. As soon as I launch the Patreon, y'all will be the first to know. But as far as this episode and this week, we are recapping Bravo. Let's get into the mess. We'll start with Beverly Hills. Where the ladies are off to Del Mar. And let me just tell y'all something. I love San Diego. Um, hands down, one of the best trips I've ever been on. So much fun. I love the city. I mean, I love California. Like I love California. And I don't say that often because people here where I live in St. Louis hate California. And it's very fucking weird to me. Like I remember one time at my old job, we were like, oh, if you could get rid of one state out of the United States, what would it be? And like almost everybody said California. And I was like, okay, I was thinking more Mississippi or Arkansas, but whatever. Fun fact, me and my fiance almost moved to San Diego after we had been dating one month. Honestly, I don't even know if it was a full month. It might've been three weeks, but we used to work together and he almost took a job with the same company out there based in San Diego. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that was fun. If he takes that job, you know, we won't be together anymore because I'm not doing long distance and I will never forget he was like do you think you might want to come with me and my ass my chaotic spirit didn't even think twice and was like "Uh uh-huh yep sure do and like (laughs) I just laugh sometimes I think like if we would have moved out there after dating a month would we still be together who knows but you know everything worked out how it was supposed to nevertheless back to Beverly Hills The ladies are going to Del Mar and, you know, Kyle starts off with FaceTiming Crystal, bringing up Erica and Sutton again. And Doogie, let it go. Okay. Let it go. Another call happens, which is Dorit calling Kathy. And let me tell you something. I don't believe that for one second. I don't believe that Dorit just casually calls Kathy Hilton up. She probably wishes. She probably wishes she could, but no. No beloved. Also, I'm on a beloved kick after Potomac Sunday. We're just going to have to deal with it, okay? A question that I had upon watching this episode of Beverly Hills, which is why are all of them driving separately to San Diego? I mean, it's like four hours from LA to San Diego, but then I remembered how I feel, okay? And I'm like, no, no, no. I would love nothing more if I'm going on a group trip than to travel by myself in the car. Okay. My road trip time, my perfect road trip time is between four and five hours. Anything above five, you're going to get an attitude from me. Six, I might be able to suppress the attitude, but absolutely that is the top, top most time limit that we have on my road trip attitude. Cause mm-mm, I am not a road trip type of girl. They all meet at Kyle's house and then drive separately. It's just so bizarre, but I understand it. Okay. I get it. So upon arriving, they all go to a little picnic on the beach and they look at the sea lions, which I'm confused because if you've ever seen sea lions or been anywhere near a big flock of them, they smell like shit. Like they smell terrible. Okay. And it's walking distance from where they had this picnic to them watching the sea lions start to hump. It's very bizarre, but whatever. We start on Erica again and Dorit brings up the accident and says that he was unconscious for 12 hours. And then Erica says, allegedly, ma'am, ma'am, please. You literally said that shit with your whole chest about the accident. 
There was no allegedly, all right? There was no allegedly. Then Erica starts bringing up her big words. She's like, oh, I denied him having the surgery because I didn't want him put under anesthesia because he has a TBI. And Dorit's like, what's a TBI? Dorit, you want us to believe that you are so worldly and you know all the things, but you don't know what a TBI is? Okay. Dorit also wants to believe Kyle so bad, or Kyle wants to believe Erica so bad, but she just doesn't. Okay. She doesn't. You know, Erica, I realized this episode was that child that probably used to like look up big words and use them to make herself seem more mature and smarter. And since she used them, you know, kind of in the same or in the right context, adults probably weren't like so quick to correct her because they were just shocked that she was using them. But like, no the theatrics. Okay. She says so many wrong things that I'm just like, did you not think that the internet exists now, babes? Okay. Speaking of the internet, Tiffany Moon got on and because she's an anesthesiologist and she debunked almost everything that Erica said. I am almost positive Erica's going to show up to this reunion and be like, of course I was lying, guys. I couldn't tell you the truth. Of course I had to make something up because I'm so smart and I knew what was going on the entire time. I'm tired. Okay. I'm fucking tired because I could see that if she wasn't miss, I'm not a fucking liar. Don't ever call me a fucking liar again. Like girl, you have a full on spaz out when someone even suggests that something that come came out of your mouth was not the full truth. So I don't want to hear it. Okay. Her saying that everyone can fuck off if they don't believe her. It's just like, okay, you're saying that, but these articles and lawsuits are still coming in. So while I'm fucking off, I'm fucking off in the direction while reading an article about how you're fucking fraud. All right. Now, one thing that I am wondering about now, because there is a video that came out this week of Tom and it's a whole competency thing because he seems like someone who is not like not all there, but I don't know. I, I just don't know. Okay. And in the video, the paparazzi was like, what do you have to say about Erica saying that she didn't know? Then he says something along the lines of, I think she did, but he does look like, and I'm not taking any sympathy on Tom, but when I saw that video, I was like, huh, what is going on here? I mean, that's the question on everybody's mind is what the actual fuck is going on here. Okay. Huh. So Garcelle has to join the ladies later, of course, because she is booked and busy. She's the only one that was booked and busy, and that's why they're mad. But we'll get there. When I tell you I need this entire outfit, the entire white outfit that Garcelle popped up on the scene wearing, I need it. From the head, the hat, to the shoes, okay? Sutton has sprained her ankle in some way, shape, or form. We don't really get the backstory, and I don't care. But what I will say is that I do love the convo between Garcelle and Sutton when Sutton rolls into her room on her wheelchair because it just, it feels like true friendship. It feels like two friends kikiing, like, girl, how are we about to approach this weekend with these girls? Like, they're the friends from college, and those two have kind of separated off, and they're like, oh, we got to join the girls, but, like, you know, they always drive us crazy. I, I do like the relationship between Garcelle and Sutton. I'll say that. Okay. 
Now, we go to dinner this night. And this dinner is where I really start to get worked up, okay? First things first, I'll start with Kathy and Kyle being late. Kathy is me, okay? Invite me to dinner at 8, unless it's just us two. If it's a group setting, I'm going to be late, okay? If dinner's at 8, I'll be there at 8.45. Order without me. I don't care. It's fine. I'm going to get ready, all right? But Kathy is me. Rena's calling. Kyle's like, oh my God, they're going to be so mad. And Kathy's just like, is she your boss? Girl, take your roller out of your head. Stop running. You're probably working up a little bit of a sweat. Calm down, okay? It's fine. And Kathy says, well, they're having a drink. If there's a bar, you're fine, okay? I'm going to put on this lipstick. So once they finally get to dinner, they all sit down and um, there's a little bit of an, a reference from old school Beverly Hills where Kyle's handing Rena some bread and she says, have some bread. Maybe you'll calm down. And that's what Kim said to Kyle in that iconic, extremely heated fight that Rena and Kim still, I don't think have fully recovered from, but everyone laughed it off. Okay. If they're fine, I'm fine. All right. Part of me was starting to feel like, I don't want to say bad for Erica, but I was like, okay, we don't need to make every sit down dinner about Erica, whether it be about the lawsuits, whether it be about her and Sutton. Like, I was like, okay, I understand where that can get exhausting. However, however, they were going around the table saying how they felt. And then Erica's like fearful, bitch, that's an invitation. You invited us to talk about like your feelings, what's going on with you. So I don't feel bad anymore. Okay. Erica's stone cold act that she tries at dinner with Sutton is just like, ugh. you know, the women try yet again to mend the bridges. Dorit's trying to speak for Erica, which I don't understand. Okay. And then Erica says, why are you speaking to me right now? I have nothing to say to you. I don't even know why you're speaking to me. Okay, Erica, stop replying to her then. Like, honestly, if I don't know why somebody's speaking to me, I might say like, okay, I'm not really sure why you're talking to me because I don't want to talk, but then I'm not going to say anything fucking else because if I don't want to talk, you're not going to make me fucking talk, bitch. You're still engaging. All right. Erica is like the bully on the playground. She thinks it's funny, but I can only imagine dealing with her in real life. And I know we're trying to make good TV, but if I were Sutton, I would fucking stop. All right. Dorit just had to steal the show from there, but let me, let me just tell y'all something. When she turns it around on Garcelle and she says, you've been in this group long enough. Do you understand? Do you understand, Dorit? You're actually, actually the one that doesn't understand jack shit, except for the way that you feel. Sutton is saying how she feels. Garcelle is saying how it looks and how she also feels. And Dorit, you want to say you've been in this group long enough. You should know. In a way that is so high school, so mean girls, it's absolutely fucking disgusting. Secondly, this is Garcelle's second season. How she perceives things isn't going to change just because she's been hanging out with y'all for two filming years. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? I don't care if I hang out with a group long enough. If I hang out with a group long enough and they're saying racist shit, don't ask me, do you understand? You've been around us long enough. You know that this is what we say. Okay, that may be how you say and how you act, but it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay. And Garcelle continues to just say, gotcha, gotcha. She is trying to give you an actual warning. 
Dorit. But you can't hear over your own voice, okay? Dorit is so goddamn microaggressive. It's almost not even micro anymore, okay? And I mean, I had like a similar situation at work where Dorit's recalling uh, Garcelle calling her out at dinner party from hell. And she's saying, that's not what you said. That's not what you said. That's actually not how Garcelle said it. She actually more was a, on a whisper. And she said, that's not what you said the other night, girl. That's not what you said the other night. And then Dorit is the one that stopped. Dorit was talking very loud and with her chest. She could have just glazed on over it, all right, and not said anything. But then she had to give it attention. Like, come on. The way you repeat the story is not how it was. Context is important here. But of course, it's very easy, very easy to make the Black woman seem like she was getting excited and saying, that's not what you said last night. That's not what you said last night. But that's actually not how she said it. Like I said, I just had an issue similar to this at work where I said something in the most monotone voice because that's my work voice. I try and keep it cute all the time and low level. And the way it was repeated that I said it was absolutely not. And I mean, I had witnesses, honey. So I was like, mm, we're not going down this road. But of course, Lisa Renna has to say, there's still hurt feelings here. Okay, Dorit's feelings are the only ones y'all care about. Dorit's, not Garcelle's, because Garcelle been trying to move on. All right, I, we, I thought we moved on at the dress showing last week. Lisa Renna is also out of line and dismissive because she says, you say you don't feel comfortable in this group. And Garcelle says, I didn't say I felt uncomfortable. I said, I don't feel accepted. And Renna just goes, yeah, okay, whatever. The two do not have the same meaning. She never said she felt uncomfortable. She said she didn't feel accepted, okay? You made it into something that it's not because these women do realize that Garcelle is the only black woman in this group. And even though they're trying very hard to dance around it, because I promise you, I think if Garcelle was white, they probably wouldn't be coming at her as hard and they wouldn't keep bringing old stuff up the way they do with Garcelle. But I also feel like these women are getting mad at themselves because they're like, God damn it, like this is going to look like we're ganging up on Garcelle, the only black cast member. And it's like, well, it's going to look like that because it, it is. That's what you're doing. Okay. Lisa Renna has the same mean girl tactics. If you want to be in this group, you need to make an effort. Oh, you mean the effort of having you all over in hosting for the Haitian meal? The effort of showing up to these events when... She just comes to get shit on all the time. The effort of making the same jokes to Dorit that all of you white women make. But for some reason, when Garcelle does it, it's an issue. You mean that type of effort? Like, my God, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Okay. And this is the only thing I will put on Garcelle. Garcelle is still talking to Rena as if she's her friend that she's known for 20 years before she came on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she's not, okay? You're not talking to your friend of 20 years anymore. You're talking to Lisa Rena, the persona, the real housewife, which is why Garcelle is like, girl, get out of here. Garcelle still replies to her as if she's like, come on, you know me better than that. Like, don't do that. No, she's not on your side, baby. Mm-mm. Saying Garcelle can be shady, like they are all aren't shady, is an absolute joke. 
It's quite disgusting because they're all shady. That's why we watch these shows, is for the shade. If I had to choose five words to describe Housewives of every franchise, shady is in there, in the top five, and it might even be in the top three or two. So why? Why, oh why? Is it okay for everyone else to be shady except for Garcelle? Okay? And Garcelle even brings it up. She says, did anyone say, say to me, hey, how are you doing? Honestly, like you would be shocked how many times Black women are not asked how we are doing. And sometimes I think to myself, because of course I've been in this situation, I think to myself like, why are we not? Because I've almost desensitized myself to it. I'm like, yeah, no one's going to ask me how I am. And so I'm just not going to expect it. But it still doesn't make it right. Okay. Like you're all checking on everybody else all the time, each other in this group, but never Garcelle. Exactly the, or the exact quote was Garcelle's a big girl. She can stand up for herself. And it's just like, my goodness. I was so happy when Garcelle finally said, how I feel does not negate how you feel. But Dorit's dumbass had to say, I appreciate that. No, Dorit, that's, that's just being human. That's feelings. You just wanted to hear about your feelings, okay? Me feeling some way that you dreaming doesn't negate that you may feel another way, okay? The only person here that actually doesn't care about feelings is Erica, okay? Now, I have heard a lot of people, you know, kind of have mixed reviews about Garcelle saying, being the only black woman, it's not about race. It's not about race. I kind of like that she said that in a way, because oftentimes when we're explaining things, minorities, people don't understand that it adds another layer to things. But as soon as you mention, I'm the only black person here, people get tense. And they're like, you're trying to call me racist. No, I'm not trying to call you racist. I'm just pointing out how the difference between how I see things versus how you see things, because context is important here. All right. It just is. You all might want to say that it's not, but we have a different view on the world. Okay. And you know, when Garcelle says, have you ever thought that maybe it's a little hard for me and Kyle's dumb ass, like, did you think this was going to help you? She says, well, I have, but I didn't verbalize it. Kyle, you were better off saying nothing. Why would you not? Okay. Because that's kind of a big fucking deal. It's not you thinking that her shoes are ugly and you kept it to yourself. You are admitting that you have thought about the fact that she may feel that uncomfortable in this group is what I'm saying. But you didn't say anything about it. Like, come on. Please give me a break. And Gar Garcelle even says, just because I'm strong doesn't mean I don't have feelings. And I mean, that that hit me on a different level because me every single day. It honestly broke my heart to watch this scene because I've been there in professional settings all the time. All the time, even still to this very day. And Erica is saying, like, you do fit in here. Why don't y'all start acting like it then? 
Because Erica, you don't stand up for her either. You actually snapped on her and said, talk about, let's let you have your moment. Watching these ladies get low-key satisfaction from seeing Garcelle cry made me sick. You know, Kyle said, I like seeing Garcelle in this moment. I have an issue with that. These women really wanted to break her all the way down. And like I said last week, I don't need to see someone cry to know that they feel. I don't need to know their vulnerable their vulnerabilities specifically. Everyone in some way, shape, or form has something that they're sensitive about. They have something that's going to make them emotional. It's just not going to be the same thing that may make me emotional, okay? However, when it comes to Black women, we always have to put on a strong face, okay? But not too strong of a face because it's going to make everybody else feel uncomfortable and make them feel like we're some type of robots that don't have any feelings. Okay. I'm not a person that cries openly or often. All right. I don't like crying in front of people, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel anything. Okay. The fact that these ladies are saying like, oh, this is how you get through. This is so great. No, no. They called her vulnerability beautiful and I just can't. It felt more felt more like bullying to me than anything. Okay. People aren't ready to have that conversation though. So let, let's just move on because it was it was a lot. I don't think that that necessarily hit the way that they think it does, but child, if Garcelle says that she feels better and she's moved on, you know, that's her prerogative. She has to be in that group with those women. Okay. Now, the next day, the ladies go to a sound bath and <sighs> Kathy falls asleep. I've been to a sound bath before. I've actually been to a couple and they are very relaxing if you can get outside of your own head. I can sometimes, but not very often. But I do want to point out something here that Rena obviously knows what's going on with Erica because everyone's like, oh, is Erica coming? Is Erica coming? And Rena's just like, let's just start. Let's just start. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Listen, I just want to understand also why Lisa will not retire this craft store bandana. Or maybe it's multiple bandanas. I don't know. But ugh. after the sound bath, Kyle and Lisa go to Erica's room and she says, oh, they're uh, his brother has been placed as his conservator. And they're talking about putting him in a home. And Erica says, where is this man's family? Huh? Baby, what? Well, I'm sorry, what did you just say? You were his wife for 22 years. And you told us here on this national television program that you dropped him off at work and left like a thief in the night, never to be seen again. What do you mean, where is his family? You were his fucking family. And you just left. And then you try to say here, it make us like, think that his kids are in the wrong for possibly not talking to him but also girl how do you know whether or not his kids are talking to him or not how do you know because i thought you weren't contacting him <sighs> so many stories with this one okay and honestly this is where i'm at if erica if you had nothing to do with the scams then why can't you talk to him okay you don't have to divorce him she says i have to divorce him no you don't I think the vows are like, for worse or for better, sickness and health. Like, what? I'm honestly just confused by this whole entire conversation. But next week, 
it looks like we're going to get the classic Erica move where she tries to ice somebody out and say, I'm not going to apologize. Stop looking for an apology. Cause she did the same thing to Teddy when she snapped on her about the pretend amnesia. She was like, I'm not going to apologize. I have nothing to be sorry for. She said that for a good three episodes. And then all of a sudden she just started talking to Teddy again. And Teddy was like, Oh, okay. I'm so happy. She's not snapping at me anymore. Garcelle and Sutton were like, did she just, she just talked to her? After swearing up and down, left and right, that you would never speak to this woman again. You're like, oh, I loved when you said I paid the rent. I <laughs> Listen, I don't understand why she just doesn't say like, I don't want to talk right now. Okay. She takes it too far, just like she takes everything else. But I hope that we are near, I mean, no, I know we're nearing the end because I think they said the first part of the reunion airs on October 6th for Beverly Hills. Speaking of the reunion, we found out that it's going to be four parts. Seems a little excessive to me. Seems a bit excessive. Do we need, do we think we need four parts? And then Erica, of course, with her Twitter fingers was like, hmm, how are we on four parts? Because of me. All I'm getting is that maybe you got a little long winded. Maybe you're telling some more ankle stories. Or are we moving on to the shin? I don't know. I'm not as excited for four parts as everybody else is, but ugh, we will see. Now let's get into the main event this week, which was Potomac. This episode of Potomac was, it was top tier. I'm not going to lie. And you know how I know it was top tier? Because I was yelling. I was yelling with my Twitter fingers, and I was actually yelling at the TV as well. Okay, first things first. At this point, I am very convinced that Giselle just told Grace to drive bad in order for her to have a storyline that didn't include getting in other people's business. All right? Speaking of people who should have been in somebody's business, somebody should have been in Giselle's business and told her that this wig was not cute. All right? So Giselle is prepping for the Reasonably Shady podcast launch party um, at her unfinished home. All right. And while on the phone with Robin, Giselle says, Karen is mean. Miss Mama, what? Have you met yourself? And then she decides that she's not over her and Wendy's argument. Like, girl, you're not the victim here. You're, you're just not. You want to be so bad, but you're not. Okay. Giselle then says that she's not allowing Wendy or Karen into her house. And Robin says, where are they supposed to use the bathroom? And this, this is the part that it just, it wasn't getting talked about enough for me. Okay. Giselle says outside, outside, like a goddamn animal, like a literal bitch, a female dog. Even Robin grew a backbone and was like, no, 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 no. Because Robin already knows that Twitter would have eaten them alive, even though we already do. Okay. And honestly, Giselle, let's be honest. Okay. You don't want them in your house because you know, they need a goddamn hard hat to be in there. You don't want me in the house, baby, because if something falls on me, I'm suing you and your purple shag house will be mine. And I'm going to just knock it down. All right. In front of your face. But nevertheless, not Karen trying to convince us that somebody wants Ray. I'm getting tired of this. Okay. He gets some type of fake spam call. Let's be honest, it was probably Raven. She probably told Raven to call him and sent him a little picture. She says, women are hard up for a good man. Girl, stop it. 
shut up, as you would say. So then we go and see, then we go and see the Dillards. Okay. Mama Dot is driving Candace crazy. She's been at her house for nine days, she says. Okay. And she suggests a gold backsplash in the kitchen. And if that isn't the most senior black woman thing I've ever heard, because baby, one thing my Nana loves, it's a gold accent. It's a gold accent anywhere in the house. All right. So. Candace brings up to her mom what was said between Mia and her. And her mom says, I don't remember. Listen, Taria and I from the What Else Is Going On podcast, we're talking about this. And I'm gonna just be honest. Mama Dot is jealous of Candace, okay? And it really shows. She has set herself up, set her up, Dot has set Candace up for success in every way except for emotionally. Because it makes no sense for her mom to be talking about her husband in her business on national television like that behind her back. It's sad. Okay. It really is sad. But that's her mom. So she's not gonna get rat tap 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 Candace like she would with that uh, with the other women because at the end of the day, that's her mama. Okay. And Candace is scared of that purse now. All right. Speaking of rat tap 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 tap. Candace, she says, if Mia don't go crack some backs at Chiropractic Strippers LLC, it's coming, y'all. It's coming. And I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Because Mia is wrong. All right. Dot is wrong too, but that is her mom. Okay. So no matter how wrong your mama is, you're not about to check her the way you would check somebody else. And honestly, Mia started it. From what we saw on TV anyways. Speaking of Mia, we see her go out to ice cream with her mom. And this scene is awkward. Like it really feels like something we shouldn't be seeing. As well as maybe some not something that should be in front of your kids. Like her mom starts to cry. And then Mia says like these things like, mommy don't cry. Girl, you made her cry. We could have just kept a cue here in front of the cameras. Like, I low-key even feel like G was like, all right, let's wrap this up because there are real tears here from real situations and, like, it's getting too much, all right? Ascala, Karen, and Wendy get together and put together some book bags for the kids. And to be honest, Ascala is supposed to be Robin's friend, but it's giving not so much, all right? And Karen's saying that she doesn't think Mia was being malicious. Okay, Karen. Okay. So Wendy brings up wanting to do maybe a little couples trip. All right. Um, and I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. Um, she shades Juan and Robin because they deserve it. All right. And she suggests that Giselle's luggage is going to be her date, which I, I don't see anything wrong with. That is her date. Cause yeah. So the invite that Robin and Giselle is giving like, that they sent out for the podcast launch party. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's giving like community hall vibes, like rec center party vibes. Like it's not even a Canva layout. Who made this? The twins on Instagram real quick. And Karen says it best. She says, I feel like Giselle's hoping for hating. And she is. Giselle is always trying to create haters. And it's just like Giselle, haters and people not liking you because you're rude as shit are two different things. I've always hated when like people try and be like, oh, you're a hater. I'm not a hater. I just don't care for you because you're rude. Okay. 
Giselle is bringing the negative energy after the quote-unquote makeup because Giselle has no other storyline for herself besides getting into everyone's business. And if she's not beefing with Karen or Wendy or anyone else, well, what are we going to talk about? We can only look at Grace drive that Gucci car so bad. So many times. She's honestly the Kyle Richards of Potomac. Not the sniper from the side, like part of it, but like she's the Kyle Richards because she does not have any other storyline besides getting into people's business and starting shit. Okay. Like, oh my goodness. Listen, I don't even have it in me for this whole. Oh, uh, Wendy talked about Juan and Rob. Y'all know how I feel about it. Okay. Y'all know how I feel about it. Now, let's just say this. The editors, the editors and producers were not on Team Giselle this episode because they dragged her. This party is raggedy as fuck. Oh, my word. All right. So as soon as the women sit down, it starts popping off, okay? If I sat down to a party that I was reluctant to go to and Giselle told me or the host, whoever, that I was not on the list to use the bathroom, I honestly would have took my bottle, got my keys and left, all right? Like, how is Giselle gonna sit here and say, you talked about my home? And really she's talking about the reunion last year when they were fine after that. It's giving reaching, Giselle, please. She didn't talk about your home. She said you suffer from pretty girl syndrome. And after she said that, first of all, once she said that, you laughed. One. Two, after she said that, y'all were fine. You were never mad about that, okay? Her calling Wendy a hater when Wendy <laughs> is not. It's like Wendy says, hating on this? Wendy brought it this episode, okay? She brought it because that was fact. How am I a hater? I'm sitting in, I don't even know, is this your property line? Like, where are they at? Okay. <sighs> Giselle want to say, I didn't know what a nude interlude was, but I still came to your party. And Wendy said, okay, and I'm here. I didn't know what the invitation was. I thought it was shady, but I'm still here. Okay. I'm still here. I didn't even have to shake it there. Sorry, y'all. <sighs> then Robin says, it feels like you took it personal. You invited me to something that was shady. And then when I get here and I sit down, you tell me that you weren't going to let me use the bathroom and you wanted me to pee outside like a fucking animal. How am I supposed to take that? How am I supposed to take that? Like Robin and Giselle are quite delusional this episode. And whether they meant it intentionally, I don't even know, but it was rough. How is Giselle going to ask if it's reasonable or shady to hold on to a grudge after an apology was already made? When we saw you last week, make up and say you're willing to move forward with Karen and Wendy. And then when they come to your party and sit down, you tell them that your plan was to have them use the restroom outside. You're talking about yourself. Okay. And then we start talking about the video shoot and Wendy going to tell Candace that Mia was speaking to her mother. I mean, the fact that they're literally deflecting from what Wendy actually did in saying that Wendy is wrong for repeating it when she did, please just go, please. Mia was talking shit about Candace to her mama on camera, okay? Like I said last week, if 
Wendy wouldn't have said it right then and there. They would have been like, oh, that's supposed to be a girl. Why you ain't go over there and tell her what she said? Mm -hmm. And they're acting as if they cared so much that Candace might have been thrown off. Y'all didn't care. You didn't care one bit, okay? So please just stop this. And then all of a sudden, we're going from reasonable to sh from reasonable or shady to whack. Girl, whack? Whack was never an option. Here you fucking go, Mia. Okay? Because you could have kept it cute real quick. We know how you get words confused, all right? And then Candace comes and says from the horse's mouth, I don't have a problem that Wendy told me when she told me. That's it, period. Nothing else needs to be said. Candace is fine with receiving the information then? We're good. We need to stop talking about it. Mia should have been asking that shit in the first place, okay? Y'all want to focus on Wendy relaying the info more than what Mia was actually doing. And for why, okay? Why when Wendy does anything, is it a problem? All right. So Mia calls Candace's video low budget and Candace says your mama is low budget. And Giselle literally, literally in her confessional says, I don't know if you know about Mia's mom's situation. You know, she doesn't know. And honestly, your mama is a very general comeback. Like, we're not going to do this, okay? Especially in the Black community. We literally have Dr. Heavenly from Married to Medicine who built an entire persona of it. It's quick, it's easy, it stings, and it's always going to work up the person that you're arguing against, okay? Did I miss the cancellation of your mama? If I did, somebody let me know, all right? This whole time also, Karen is just hallucinating because she done got her vaccination. <laughs> Whatever she said. I done got vaccinated. <laughs> I was like, Karen, you're fine. Okay. Listen, I'm a person, as y'all know, I'm vaxxed and waxed. I'm a person that I didn't feel anything. My arm is sore for a little bit, but I didn't feel nothing. All right. Then all of a sudden, Michael Darby's wife wants to try and insert herself. And just like Candace said, were you there, beloved? Now, listen, I don't know why she, she set herself up for failure with this one. Okay. Who else set themselves up for failure? Once again, were the green-eyed bandits because Giselle and Robin were foul, foul, foul for asking that question because they were swearing they didn't believe the rumors. But then you say you were wondering because I changed my appearance. So you believe them or not? You think I changed my body for that? Make it make sense. Because if you tell me, I don't believe these rumors anyways, like blah, blah. First of all, if I don't believe a rumor, then I'm not repeating it. But secondly, secondly, if you don't believe the rumor, then why are you relating me changing my body to it? Like what? Okay. Y'all don't even make sense. And honestly, if I were Wendy, I would have just left. All right. Wendy ate. And I'm not going to argue with y'all this episode because... Wendy said, if it's the same blog that reported that you had an STD, then no, let's not believe it. And Giselle's dumbass gonna say, and I don't. Okay, but did you? Because I said had, not have currently. I said they reported that you had an STD. Past tense. I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying, and I know goddamn well Robin is not trying to sit here and say Wendy is doing too much. 
You asked the question that was clearly pointed at me, Robin. You made Juan call you at dinner to be able to say, hello, my fake husband, girl, please. I know, I know y'all love them in their toxic love story, but they don't even make sense. Like they don't even make sense, okay? And then they wanna swear that Wendy is impossible to get through. Now, please, just come on, come come the fuck on, okay? If they would have sat there and asked the question like, oh, is it shady for someone that you are, or reasonable that somebody that you argued with gets a text of your husband naked in a hotel room with another woman and then shows you, like, you wanna tell me that Ashley wouldn't have been upset? Shut the fuck up. Okay, now to this. I saw someone say that Wendy doesn't understand the assignment because Giselle and Robin were just bringing up the rumors on camera because that's what they're supposed to do. First of all, no. But also Wendy does understand the assignment because I promise you, if this were not for TV, she probably would have just left and never would have hung out with these heifers again, okay? But she's not, she's there, she's clapping back and arguing with them on camera, which is what she's paid to do. Like, hello? What, it, what are we watching? Okay, yes. Someone is always doing the attacking on one of these shows and then you're clapping back, okay? I could get with that logic if Wendy would have gotten up and said, I'm not doing this, all right? Then all the light-skinned women on this cast start coming for Wendy and telling her she's extra and I can't, okay? Escala reads Mia for filth. And I feel like at this point, we might've had like a Sutton Crystal situation where maybe Mia wasn't sure if Escala was going to be full-time and she knew that she was going to be, but she didn't know what was going on. So she just tries to outshine her every time. Okay. Then, I mean, this whole thing was chaos because then Mia swears that anytime she's called a hoe because Escala said, shut up with your hoe ass or whatever. Again, a very common comeback in the black community. Mia swears every time she's called a hoe or something of the sort, sort, she wants to go the I uplift women route. Okay, were you uplifting Candace when you asked her mama about her business or when you called her video low budget or when you tried to shade Escala or when you tried to keep riding the green-eyed bandits coattails when they were being rude as fuck? Please stop, please stop because y'all know how I feel about this. If you don't, let me give you the rundown really quick. I really hate, I really hate when women are arguing with one another and then they say, oh, I uplift women. Now, if I just randomly start saying, I hope your business fails. Yeah, that's not supporting women. However, we're in the middle of an argument. You're throwing jabs out at me and I'm throwing them back out at you. And then now you want to say, I don't support women. Please go, please go. She did not say that I hope the joint fails. I hope you never open another store. That's not what she said, okay? It's a scapegoat. If you don't, if you're out of comebacks, just say that. Just be quiet, all right? Hmm, so then Karen <laughs> brings up the couple's trip, okay? And they say they're going to Chesapeake Bay and someone, I don't even remember, says, oh, we're going to Virginia Beach. And they're like, that's not, they're two different places. No, you can do a cartwheel from Chesapeake to Virginia Beach. And I know that because I used to live out there. All right, but whatever, we're not gonna get geographical. Oh my God, geographical? <laughs> geographical, I know how to speak. All right, 
Now I'm going to say this again. Y'all want to protect Juan and Robin's toxic love story so damn much. It's confusing. Okay. It's really confusing. Let's remember how we got here. I'm tired. I'm tired of Robin saying, now I just know how Wendy really feels about me. Girl, I was fine until you started talking about my marriage. So since you want to talk about mine, I'm going to fucking talk about yours. The rules apply to everyone. If mine's on the table, so the fuck is yours, okay? Get away from me. You can dish it out, but you can't take it, all right? Giselle, you invited me to your house and told me you were, I can, I'm not gonna get over it. You invite me here and then tell me that you originally wanted me to use the bathroom outside like a fucking bitch. And I mean like a literal female dog, okay? Get the fuck out of here. <sighs> Again. This was top tier reality television, top tier. There's no way around it, okay? But one of the questions I have that within this time, they obviously shot the Telfar ad because Giselle had her boot on and she said she's only supposed to have it on for like a week or so. But y'all, I can't, I couldn't do the Green Eyed Bandits. I, mm -mm. I, ju I just can't. Okay. Whoo. And next week we start throwing salad. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. But speaking of so good, we have to talk about something that was not so good. And that was Salt Lake City. Okay. Mm. I have questions, questions I need answers. Okay. If you follow me over on Instagram, you know that I posed the question after last week's episode if we thought that Salt Lake City might have been headed towards a sleepy season before Jen's arrest. I can't remember whether or not I shared the results, but a lot of you agreed with me in that, yes, it was. Because what the fuck are we actually doing? Like, what's happening in Salt Lake? I need to know. Because I'm confusion, okay? This episode was so goddamn boring. So goddamn boring. I took away three things. First things first, I saw somebody say on the Twitter that Jenny came on TV to get a divorce. And I'm going to have to agree with that because that conversation between her and her husband, I was like, oh, Jenny, baby, I see what you're doing here, boo. I see what you're doing here, boo. I'm on your side, okay? I'm on your side. Because when she talks about how many miscarriages she has had and how hard it was on her body and he's just like, I think I have a plan. Like she, she, she doesn't want any more kids. Okay. Hmm. That was hard to watch. All right. Another thing that was hard to watch was Mary's conversation with her son. All right. I feel like what's not being said here is that maybe Mary's son is starting to possibly have different beliefs than she does. Um, one of the like most uncomfortable parts for me was when she was like, bless your food to him when they were out to eat. And like, she had to keep guiding him in the prayer. That's just how I saw it. And, you know, I don't understand because my mom always taught us like freedom of religion. Like my bro, when I was growing up, my brother went to a church that the family didn't go to. And then I went to a different one for a while. And then I just stopped going because it 
wasn't where I wanted to be. My mom didn't go. My dad would, you know, we were, my mom was more so like, I'm not going to force this down your guys' throat. If it's what you want to do here is, you know, I want you to educate yourself, but I'm not going to force you to do any of it. So, you know, I was just like, oh, but then she also starts telling him how he's going to the army, like no choice. And I was like, "Mm, okay. It was just weird. It was weird all the way around. What else was weird was Mary saying that she needed silence to poot because baby, I need the opposite. Turn the music up, talk louder so I can fucking fart and y'all don't know where it came from. All right. Because I work in the service industry. Okay. I'm a fart in a big old crowd of people. Y'all may not like that, but it's the truth. All right. I'm a fart and keep it moving. Y'all don't know who to blame, but it's not going to be me. Now, the other, the only other thing that I took away from this episode was Meredith thought that she was going off. And I mean off like AWF. When she shook her head so bad, she flung her sunglasses off her face at the fly fishing or ice fishing or whatever the fuck that was. Like, Meredith, you barely even listen to her, even though I wouldn't, I wouldn't be entertaining Jen Shaw like that either. But like, Mayor, calm down. Oh my God. Like you could have just, you could have just gotten up and been like, I'm not doing this and walked away. Okay, like what? She was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing the deflecting. The fuck, blah, blah, blah. And she flung those fucking sunglasses off her face. It was alarming. But besides that, I'm going to say I tuned out half this episode. Okay. It's giving nothing for me. Meredith and Jen obviously aren't going to be friends. Okay. No one else has anything going on. I don't care too much about Heather's daughter's drill team. Like, I I don't care. Okay. I'm going to stick it out for the coverage and for y'all. But it's not giving what y'all think it has supposed to have gave. All right. That's really all I have for Salt Lake City. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm really not kidding. This was going to be a bad season before Jen got arrested. It was just going to be bad. There's no way getting through it. Like Beverly Hills. Yes, we had Erica, but we also had Sutton and Crystal to begin with. Okay. We have the dynamic between Garcelle and the rest of the ladies. At this point in Beverly Hills, I'm like low key tired of talking about Erica because I know there's just going to be another long winded, ridiculous story. (sighs) But we shall see. Okay. Let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. So like I said, next week, we will be incorporating Vanderpump Rules recaps on to our Bravo episodes. And, you know, I'm excited-ish, should we say? Listen, y'all, I don't know if I've said this on here before, but like Vanderpump Rules used to be my shit. Like my S-H-I-T, okay? I don't know why either, because it's like watching my own life on TV. I am in the service industry. I've been in the service industry for forever. And I know some of you may be like, no, it's not that dramatic. Yes, it is. All right. I have stories for days, for days. However, I cannot tell those stories until I exit the service industry for good. 
for good. Okay. So if, if you want to help me do that, okay. If you want to help me leave the service industry, you will rate and review me five stars on Apple podcasts. It helps me get out there. Then I can leave. Then I can tell you all of the fucking tea that I have to spill. Because maybe, like I said, I've been a host, I've been a server, I've been a bartender, a shift manager. Now I'm a full-time manager. Like, the service industry has a vice grip on me, okay? But yes, do not forget to rate and review me five stars. Um, Like I said earlier, I'm working on the Patreon. Um, As soon as I get it up, of course, y'all will be the first to know because why wouldn't you be? I need y'all to listen to it and subscribe to me. As well as another form of content I have coming for you. However, I think that once we finish covering BIP, that's going to be it for covering The Bachelor on this podcast. Because, listen, The Bachelor franchise, for whatever reason, no matter if it's Bachelor, Bachelorette, BIP, you just get to a point at the end where you're like, all right, wrap it up, wrap it up. We're done here. And it starts feeling like it drags on. Not to mention, y'all don't listen to the Bachelor episodes that much. I don't know why, but if it can help free up some time so I can focus on other things y'all might want to listen to, then, you know, let's do it. I'm still going to watch Michelle's season um, and maybe, you know, talk shit about it with other podcasters. But as far as covering it, no, we are going to go back to a one week episode a week podcast after Bachelor in Paradise is over. And, you know, that'll be that. It'll be okay. We'll be fine. So I'll talk to y'all Friday when it comes to Bachelor in Paradise. And then again on Tuesday. Don't forget to follow me over on Instagram at Who Asked Me Podcast. We did some fun polls over there today regarding Vanderpump Rules. Um, And yeah, it's a good time. So I will talk to y'all on Friday. Bye.